Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. This episode is part of our series featuring the 2022 Social Health Award winners. The Social Health Awards recognize and celebrate those individuals who are essential to the ongoing conversations and connections made through social health. The Advocacy Trailblazer Award celebrates the person who, despite managing a health condition, manages to push the limits and pave a new path for others on how to educate, raise awareness, and support their fellow community. Our 2022 Advocacy Trailblazer is Melissa Talwar. Melissa's chronic pain journey began at the age of 14, and after a long 20-year decline and a laundry list of diagnoses, she took her health into her own hands. Through biohacking, she has reclaimed wellness again and is focusing her energy on building the nonprofit organization Support Fibromyalgia Network and sharing group health coaching with the chronic illness community. Melissa is a board-certified functional medicine health coach, a certified WALS protocol health professional, a RECODE 2.0 coach, and has a master's in neuroscience. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here. We are so excited to be here with you and to, to share a little bit more about what you've been doing. What does it mean to you to win the Advocacy Trailblazer Award? Winning was really unexpected. This was a tough category, and we actually had some of our mentors in the category, which was hard to uh, compete against. And I appreciate all of them because they have worked with me and trained us to even get to this point. So when it comes to advocacy and trailblazing a new path, it's very empowering for me and knowing even how it got started or my fear to even start and my hesitancy to even start in doing more advocacy. It's just, it's been an incredible journey. Yeah, and let's go back a little bit. How did your health journey begin? At 14 years old, I sustained a sports injury and a major concussion, although this was in the 90s, so they didn't treat concussions the same way as they did now. So unfortunately, I was left in debilitating chronic pain. I had a lot of brain fog, sleep issues, I was treated mainly with a lot of medications. I had no idea what to do. I was kind of just going and jumping around from doctor to doctor. I was given a diagnosis of fibromyalgia because of widespread pain, but it was, it was rare to see someone that young with fibromyalgia. And that's kind of what my journey looked like. I existed, I tried to go to school, spend as much time as I could. I, I've always loved science. So fortunately, I've been good at that, and I tried to learn as much as I could about fibromyalgia. I, I did end up graduating from um, college, and still that adversity and trying to understand why my body didn't work, but trying to be normal and hang out with people, study, graduate, because I really wanted to be a doctor, and that was my focus. So this is where this health journey kind of just continued, and I, I was just surviving, doing what I could to balance regular, normal life with, uh, with a chronic illness. And that, that has to be so hard at that young age, too, because it's all about fitting in with your peers and, like you said, acting like you're feeling normal. 
I definitely wanted to fit in. I wanted to study. I have a perfectionist type personality since I was an early age, uh, digging in, doing everything I possibly could. And so now faced with a new form of adversity, I did not know how to manage it. And I didn't have anyone that I could connect with. I didn't know there. I mean, this was before all this social media. I think I was operating on AOL bra a broadband dial up. <laughs> and I didn't really understand how to connect with people. So there wasn't this social media connection. How do I learn about fibromyalgia? How do I connect with other people living with fibromyalgia? I didn't have that in college at all. So I was just searching for something and hiding. I hid a lot of the pain and all of the brain fog that I was in. So, but you do your best through all the adversity as much as you can. So fibromyalgia is something that I actually live with as well. And I find that sometimes, tell me if you're, if you're the same or different, pretending takes a lot of energy too. It's like, it takes so much more energy than just kind of when I can get to the place where I can admit to people, like, I'm just having a bad day. It does. It takes up a lot of energy just to even figure out what to say to people. But then I just, I'm so used to saying I'm fine, which I know in our community, a lot of advocates talk about, no, you got to open up and share what's really going on with you. It still feels a little awkward sometimes um, because it's sometimes easier just to continue moving forward on what you're doing despite the challenges of fibromyalgia. Yeah. So tell me about biohacking. I've, I've heard the term, but I'm not very familiar with it, but it sounds very intriguing. I learned, okay, so moving forward from the journey, so I'm trying to manage all of this. I'm declining in health quite a bit. At 36, I saw a doctor and I saw actually a few uh, doctors who basically told me that I didn't have much longer left. Like all of my blood test values were really, I guess we're just all over the place. So my blood test values didn't make any sense. Uh, they were very erratic. Doctors had no idea what was going on. Cognitive decline, although a neurologist did not want to label me with anything like dementia because I was in my 30s. So I was left on my own. There was nothing that they could do for me according to what they said. They didn't have any idea what was going on. This didn't look like fibromyalgia. Maybe it was an early onset of something autoimmune but I had done so many different tests and they couldn't figure out what was happening. So I started searching on my own for other things that would help me. I was looking at things like nootropics and I stumbled upon Dave Asprey's talk. He happened to be in Los Angeles. So I dragged me and my significant other to the event. I could barely stand up. At this point, I really was using a wheelchair more and I stuck through it. He talked about biohacking. I was like, oh, Okay, so upgrading your system. He's a systems engineer. I have a biology background. So he put the pieces together and that's what I did. So I started to look at all my blood test values and saw where there were out of sync. So they were high, low, they were kind of all over the place. And I just decided I understood some biology and I just dug into the science. So looking at Krebs cycle, ATP production, and I just reflected on this, utilized other tools of functional medicine doctors like Dr. Terry Walls, Dr. Bredesen, who I got trained in, and that's what started to work. So I did all these upgrades on myself in order to get my health back. Wow. Yeah. And you kind of lost me there a little bit when you got really technical. I mean, I've heard of ATP, but it's been a while since my science classes. So do you use all of that information now in your health coaching? 
Uh, I've had to scale it back with health coaching and other people, but on myself, there are people that are doing the same thing. So it does resonate with them and we can dig into the science because patients have become great advocates for themselves. And especially in the fibromyalgia community, they're really digging into the science to help themselves because there's a disconnect right now between what patients need and what the providers were taught or could offer. So yeah. some of that is brought in, but with health coaching, it is more about behavior change. So asking patients, what are their health goals? What would you like to change or what you feel will actually improve your life? And we work from there. So I really focused on the coach approach. That got trained to me very much as opposed to an expert approach, but I do share the science as much as I possibly can with the support fibro friends when we do our social media. And I'm trying to break down the science a little bit better to make it more tangible for people because I nerd out. I still nerd out about brain and neuroscience. I love reading about its connection and I continue to take more classes to learn as much as possible. It's, it's a fascinating subject for sure. So when did you launch the Support Fibromyalgia Network? We launched, well, the beginning stages started to happen in 2016. So my health was really bad and I threw myself on the road. I went traveling around the country because I really wanted to see if there were other things that needed to be changed. I mean, I, I couldn't find the resources I needed. I was visiting with support groups, doctors. I needed answers for myself because I didn't know if this was fibromyalgia or if this was something else. So this is where I began to connect with other bloggers and support group leaders and even medical professionals. And what happened was a few of the bloggers and community leaders kind of joined forces with me. Well, they did. And so that's why we established the Support Fibromyalgia Network in 2017. And our goal was to fill in the gaps. But what we're learning is there's some pretty large and heavy duty gaps that we have to fill in. So we were not prepared for what the journey was going to take us. So how does the Support Fibromyalgia Network help people living with fibromyalgia? Patient education, medical education, uh, supporting researchers. So that's a new thing that we've really established. And then our big program that we launched in 2019 was the advocacy training program. So we had advocates join us in Capitol Hill. It was the first time for us to advocate for fibromyalgia in Washington, D.C. Wow, that's exciting. It definitely was exciting. It was nerve wracking uh, for someone that had, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I'm fortunate enough that we had some friends that believed in us, Estella and Juana for Looms for Lupus, and they had gone previously through Lupus to Capitol Hill uh, and they helped us. And this was, it was an amazing experience after all, even though I was really nervous, I had not been to Washington DC since I was a little kid. And a lot of, we faced a lot of resistance because a lot of fibromyalgia leadership discouraged us. They had told us that fibromyalgia patients didn't care about advocacy and we were wasting our time. And I really had to sit with that because I was freaked out. I am not the person that wanted to take this on and lead a team of advocates over there. But we, we did it and we accomplished it. And looking at some of the other chronic illnesses like lupus, arthritis, and ME-CFS, they were already doing these things. So I was like, why not fibromyalgia? Let's check. So I took up my savings and invested what I could to get advocates there. 
and creating an event space. So it didn't necessarily come from the network itself, but we took a risk and it paid off. Just having the advocates be there, you could see at the end how empowered they felt and everybody was hugging. We really were making a difference. And I think even the people that were hesitant to attend, I had to twist a few people's arms. I will admit that they weren't sure. And I'm like, come on, just extend their like afterwards. They're like, this was good for me to go to. Because some of the support group leaders had represented a lot of patients over the years. They had been 20 years advocating for fibromyalgia and they had never done this work before. So afterwards, you could see on their face that release that they had spoken for this community, that they really had a voice. And that's something that resonated with everyone on the Hill that day. Oh, how wonderful. That just sounds like such a heartwarming experience. It took me a little time to process it after my stomach calmed down, but yes, it was really good. So why do you think advocacy is important for fibromyalgia? It gives us a voice. I really sat there and thought about it because many of us have felt disenfranchised. We've been spinning our wheels going from doctor to doctor. We feel like our voice is lost in any sort of medical system that nobody may care about us. I mean, even how fibromyalgia is described, it's the F word of medicine. <laughs> it, we, we hear about it being the wastebasket diagnosis where it's literally thrown away everywhere. So to have patients rally and feel empowered and then connect with each other, even doing this virtually for advocacy, we've been doing it for a couple years virtual and people are on the calls together and they're like, hey, I didn't know you were from my state. And they're seeing that there's more people like them in their community and they're sharing their story and they're realizing their story does matter. And the representatives have been really nice to us and they listen to us um, and they're taking time to engage. And there's a lot of relatability. Like there are people that have fibromyalgia or have family members who have fibromyalgia or another chronic illness condition. So that's resonating with all of our advocates and it's been very empowering for them. What motivates you to keep going? All that adversity I faced has really brought me front and center to, I don't want people to go through that similar adversity I faced. It was very dark and sitting in that darkness for so long reminds me that I need to carry some sort of torch or light for other people and I can still sit with them and bring them forward. So these are all these aspects that I feel like I'm in a hurry to do. I, I hear the comments, I see the comments in social media. I've met with people on the road, even if it's just to have some tea or coffee and I let them share their story and I hear the pain, but I also now I'm starting to hear some hope. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're driving force of just empowering people to understand you aren't in this fight alone. And I talk about it a lot because the joke, I used to work in the music industry and I was labeled the mosh pit queen of management. The mosh pit really resonates with me. And I brought that into the nonprofit organization because it's all chaotic in the mosh pit. But if someone falls down, we always pick them up. So that's the philosophy around all of this. So if you fall down, we're coming to pick you up. We're picking up all the community leaders, the support group leaders. We're supporting them, giving them the resources that they need so that they can pay it forward to other people in the community and keep up that good work. So it's nobody fights fibromyalgia on their own. 
that just gave me goosebumps. That was amazing. If there was one thing that you had known at the beginning of your journey that you know now that you could share with others who are just starting out, what would that be? That's a tough question because I honestly don't think I would have listened to myself. <laughs> um, I tell people this all the time. If I could go back in time and tell myself something back then, I had the biggest chip on my shoulder with all this adversity. I'm not sure I would listen. Even mm. if I joined a health coaching group and met someone like me, I'm like, would I have really paid attention? So it's hard, but I would just, I would definitely tell people to keep going. I love the community energy that's going on. Don't give up. This is something that I would have told myself. And then also, of course, don't don't waste your energy on people that don't care about you, but always keep on going. Take care of the men your mental health quite a bit. That's an important piece to health and overall wellness. And I probably would have said to myself, do not eat the big Cheez-It box like <laughs> you did in college. <laughs> oh, yes. There's so many things I should not have eaten that I did too. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, supportfibro.org is the website, and then we are on social media. So we have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube channel, and TikTok. Uh, definitely look out for our reels. So it's all our handles are support fibromyalgia, with the exception of Twitter, which is Team Fibro. Melissa, thank you so much, and congratulations again on winning the Advocacy Trailblazer Award. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting for fibromyalgia. Melissa and the Support Fibromyalgia Network educate and inspire the fibromyalgia community while raising awareness and advocating for better treatments and research. You can find them online at supportfibromyalgia.org. Melissa is one of the award-winning patient leaders in Health Union's Social Health Network. Health Union is the leader in social health with 40 condition-specific online communities and the Social Health Network, which encompasses more than 100,000 patient leaders covering nearly every health condition. You can learn more at health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward. <laughs>